0: This is the Gambling Gauchos.
1: Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig, you dig, with The Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been.
0: Welcome in to The Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. The man with the cannon arm we're here in the cardinal sports center studio alongside today ryan money mainville if you want to gear up for texas tech athletic events or just get you a gambling Gauchos hat or shirt or an it's all west texas shirt swing by cardinal sports center or if you're where ryan is look online at cardinalsports.com my
2: i felt bad for the folks at the game that I thought they could get away with just wearing like a hoodie. Yeah. And they didn't get a beanie, an overcoat, some gloves right. from Cardinals. Are so, you a glove guy? When I'm going to be out there for like 5 hours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I need a pair of gloves. Yeah. Ryan, you a, are you a glove guy, Ryan?
3: I'm not I'm not a glove guy. I don't I don't like having my hands cold, but I also don't like uh, just having mittens on. That's, that's
2: that's pretty alpha, honestly.
0: I need the tightest glove possible. I don't like, like, I can't deal with my fingers not being dexterous. I don't like loose fingers. Good word. I got words, man.
2: I'll say this, too, before we roll into the Kansas recap. I had fun. It's a fun game. And it was cold, but if you were prepared for it, and you wore three or four layers, and you had a hat and gloves, I didn't mind the cold at all. And I know some fans, I think it probably took them out of it. Either they left at halftime or didn't show up at all because of the cold, but... In my opinion, if you make adequate accommodations, I had a really good time. And I know it wasn't cold, cold. Right. Like, we're about to go to Ames, and it might be 12 degrees. At 15 at it, it was off. 38 or something. But it was colder than we've had all year, obviously. But I, I thought it was fun. I, I was sitting there with uh, Mateo Nomeo, and I was like, we should go to the Big Ten. And, like, I like this weather. Let's go play at Indiana and Iowa in November. Yeah, Let's it do it. It
0: was very crisp in the press box. Yeah, that, that's where they, you were. I kind of wish they wouldn't close the window, uh, you know, in the second half. But mm. it was good. They had uh, assorted like salads. Mm. There's like a lunch meat potato salad kind of thing.
2: Man, I would expect much better.
0: <laughs> well, it has been great, but that was for uh, the Pig J Journal's up that there. A Cucumber mint salad.
2: We need a better spread nice. than that. Ryan, were you comfortable watching the game on your couch?
3: I was. I had uh, a lot more delicious things than than that to eat. Yeah, a low bar, no doubt.
0: I didn't say, I didn't say it was bad. I just said it was uh, kind of a lunch, lunch, lunch meat salad.
2: For those who didn't make it to the game, I hope they were eating Rahino barbecue. Maybe they should get that up in the press box.
0: Now, that would be awesome. Maybe I'll talk to Aaron and uh, Gio.
2: Now, list off all the things they could have up in the press box spread if they got it from Rahino.
0: Oh, we could have the Burnt ends, the Texas Twinkies. They were selling $20 racks of ribs because they cooked too many this weekend. See, that's the kind of stuff you do. If you follow them on Instagram, you see when they post stuff like that, and then you can go out and get a $20 rack of rib.
2: Yeah. I mean... And brisket burger. They have new menu items all the time. Like they're trying nope. out the the nachos. They had something else. Hot wings. The wings. Yeah. Yeah. Smoked
0: and fried. Yeah. Two ways.
2: So yeah, give them a follow at Raheño BBQ on social media, and we appreciate their support of the gambling Gauchos. I Are, know you're
0: a nugget guy, but do you like smoked wings? Have you had them?
2: I don't know if I've had like actual smoked <laughs> wings. <laughs> they looked good though. They're
0: so good. I, I mean, I haven't had Rejino's yet, but generally, yeah.
2: No, there's... I, I'm
0: really craving those.
2: There's looked good. Okay, let's get into Kansas. Texas Tech wins a... What we dubbed a must-win game. Yeah. And I thought they did it in pretty good fashion. They, they never trailed. Balanced offensive attack. Some issues defensively, but also two takeaways. I've got some assorted thoughts after doing the rewatch today, but Ryan, I guess we'll start with you. High level, just give us any of your reaction to the Texas Tech-Kansas game.
3: Yeah, I think... You know Sunday's been good for me because I've gotten to rewatch the game at this point and have really sat with the numbers for a while, and I, I'm a little bit more convinced that this was a a better win for Texas Tech than I was immediately on on Saturday night. You know, you were leaving that game and it it almost didn't even feel like you won. Like it it was just such a sudden turn from that quick first quarter start. Obviously, both teams just freeze in the third quarter. Um but I was impressed. I mean, Texas Tech ran the ball they needed to. They looked good doing it. And Tyler Shuck, I mean, he just looked comfortable in this game. I think that's a that's a big thing for him as he just kind of continues to to get more reps at the at the starting position. I mean there were a couple of throws that he probably wouldn't that he probably would have wanted to have back. But I think he looked comfortable. I think he wasn't forcing the ball and I think when he did throw it out, I think it looked pretty good.
0: That was Tyler Shuck's best game as a Texas Tech Red Raider. No doubt. Um, I, I guess maybe statistically the Florida International game was, was the best, but conference opponent, it, it is what it is. Texas Tech is now 5-1 with Tyler Shuck as the starter.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't put much talking to that just because. Well,
0: Stephen F. Boston, Florida International, Murray State, Montana State. No. And then the loss was Texas? Who no, did they play two FCS so
2: with Murray and SFA, oh, Florida International, Houston. Houston, and, yeah. And Texas.
0: Anyways, that was the joke. Um, Hilarious. I thought that the Texas Tech offense really, really proved some things. And did they run the ball like we wanted them to? Kind of. Because <laughs> Sir Audrey had seven carries um you had three or four running backs i I thought tyler shuck performed well but why it works so i'm not going to complain too much but those power runs that you're giving tyler shuck the ball i just i don't understand those play calls but they worked i'm not going to complain too much if it works um touchdown field goal touchdown touchdown texas Tech's first four drives they were humming Then you punted on a three and out, but there was a penalty that kind of derailed that drive. That was the Nehemiah Martinez catches the ball in front of the line of scrimmage instead of behind it. Then you went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. With a minute left, they get the ball, interception, you get the field goal. That's the first half. Then you go punt, touchdown, punt, field goal, touchdown, end of half. And Those two touchdown drives were both longer than three and a half minutes which for Texas Tech is downright slow playing um, on touchdown drives. Now, I had a few issues. I thought those three-minute drives should have been six-minute drives. But if you're scoring touchdowns, again, I'm not going to complain too much.
2: I'm with you. I was was eager to check the box score after the game because, you know, service is spotty in the stadium. And as soon as I am able to reconnect to Twitter – I see that we've run the ball more than 41 times. I immediately thought of Ryan, and uh, I guess we ran at 45 total. So we didn't clear it by that much. But clearly, it was they were making much more of an attempt to do it. And I think part of the reason why Sir Roderick's carries fell off a little bit is because of the emergence of Cameron Valdez, who played very well. And so now you're splitting the pie three ways instead of two and incorporating quarterback run game. So... I'm I'm kind of with you on why so many called runs for Shuck. He did a good job on some scrambles, and, and that was good to see. But, yeah, there was a couple of those quarterback counters. You dialed one up with Donovan in the red zone. He punched it in. But I was just happy to see more balance, and I do think it helped you in the passing game because Kansas couldn't just only sell out to stop the pass. They had to respect the run, and you were pretty efficient doing it. I think five and a half yards per carry-ish, and – it seemed to, like Ryan said, Shuck looked more comfortable um, certainly than he did against TCU.
0: Certainly than he did against TCU. And,
2: and I tweeted that live in the moment. I was like, this is a tough spot for him to get his first meaningful reps of the season because he's coming back from injury. We're on the road versus a top-ten team, and he didn't look – I don't want to say he didn't look healthy, but like he didn't look confident. He didn't look like he felt healthy. And then fast-forward seven days later – He looked to be very decisive, whether he was running or making a throw. Like Ryan said, maybe a couple he wants back. But um, he had some really good throws. And his decisiveness running the ball, I thought, was also a good sign. So I came away much more confident in Chuck than I ever thought I would post-game. And moving forward, I assume he's the guy for the rest of the season. I I take that as a good sign.
0: Yeah, I think you're shutting Morton down. Unless he's 100% healthy. But... I mean, that's the guy that won the job before the season, the, the guy that played this weekend. Now, we talked about it, though, so I don't want to give too much credence here, but Kansas was a bad defense. So you did what you should have done, uh, but you hadn't been doing what you should be doing. So I, I, I'm not going to take anything away from Shook um, because he did what he was supposed to do. And you put up forty three on Kansas and, and a lot of people hadn't put up forty three on Kansas, so I think you even overperformed, but
2: That's what I thought was funny on Twitter. Yeah. We were doing the the whole hashtag RTDB run the damn ball stuff. And somebody's like, Well, it helps that Kansas' defense is horrible against the run. I'm like, Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that's the whole thing. They point. suck against the run, so run it fifty times. That gives you the best chance to win. Um Any other thoughts on the offense, Rob?
0: I I mean I understand what Ryan is saying. What, did, I was
2: about to show you that piece of paper. Well, you're just crumpling it in front of the microphone. And it's my God, it's not that big a deal. Do you want me to go get it? No,
0: it's fine now. You just threw it across the row. People listening at home are like, what just in the world was that?
2: Crumpling it in front oh of the microphone gosh, the whole time. It's
0: not that bad. <laughs> Ryan, we need you here as a mediator sometimes.
2: We need you to sit in between us.
0: Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, I ask
2: you any other thoughts on that. Oh, offense? I was
0: gonna say I, I understand what Ryan's saying with the decisiveness, but there's still just some throws, and it's the throws you're talking about getting back, but he's sailing it to the sideline. Um that just that throw is not in his repertoire. Uh I I could read these stats, but Kyle threw him across the room. He was 0 for 2, I think, in between 10 and 19 yards to each sideline, and then like 30% down the field to the right, and 60%, I think, one of two or three maybe, down the left side, down the field, um, and then four for four behind the line of scrimmage. But he was 60% within 10 yards, and that, to me, is just not good enough.
2: Well, he hit some good – he hit Miles Price over the middle on a play that got called back because of an ineligible man downfield.
0: 50% over the middle.
2: He hit Fungie in the face mask in the end zone, and Fungie yes. dropped it. Yes, he did. He hit that cover two hole shot to Nehemiah Martinez in the first quarter. That was a really good throw.
0: I think they should work over the middle more.
2: And then when you were up five and needed to score, because if you didn't, you were giving them the ball back and all the momentum shifts, he hits Xavier White over the middle on an absolute dart.
0: Yeah. Dude, so I'm, I want more of that.
2: There were some good throws in there.
0: There certainly were, and I think he's much better over the middle and I think when you run the damn ball, it opens the middle of the field more. Um, he is just – he does not excel at the throw to the sideline. Correct. And, again, I don't know if that's mental or physical, but it is what it is. And I just I, – it was almost a perfect game plan. I just – you you sail the throw to the sideline. And, and I think those are the kind of things that Morton excels at. And so it's just kind of a man. If you could have, if you could merge all three quarterbacks, you'd have a really damn good one.
2: I also think we use that sideline throw all year as a replacement for the run game. Yes. So if Chuck can't do it, then just hand it off. That's right. what we've been saying this whole time, and quit throwing it to the sideline behind the line of scrimmage yeah. like that. But there were others, like on a couple comeback routes that Chuck left it low or or outside. That and those are throws that we saw Donovan and Morton hit pretty consistently when they were getting the reps. Um Ryan, what do you think about the emergence of Cameron Valdez as kind of just another option in the run game? Um I know we're going to get to the Discord mailbag later and there were some questions about him, but I think that's kind of a big storyline going down the home stretch of this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, a really interesting player, especially considering how much Texas Tech has kind of shuffled at the running back position over the last couple of years. I mean, You've got guys like Chadarius Townsend that are getting back there and getting some carries, and now here comes Cameron Valdez and and just has a really, really good game. I mean, it's crazy to think that that this guy was really – almost like the crown jewel of Matt Wells high school recruiting. I mean, this was a guy that was heavily recruited. Texas Tech was down to the wire with Oklahoma State before he committed and ends up choosing the Red Raiders. Red shirts last year doesn't play very much at the beginning of the season and, and then just erupts. And I think you've just kind of seen why, why he was such a high-rated recruit. I think that Right now, he he's proving that he's good enough to get carries. I mean, nine point eight yards per carry is hard to just overlook. Now, I certainly think he's behind Taj and Sir in that in that depth chart, but I think I think you've got a player here for at least the years to come. But this year, I think it, it's definitely never a bad thing to to have another back in your group who can pick up a solid amount of yards per carry. And so I've really enjoyed what I've seen from him, and, and I'm excited for what the next couple of seasons could look like.
2: When well, we're all fresh. Yeah, and, and I like that all three look to have different styles of play. Like I've noted that between Sir Roderick and Taj all season, but Valdez is even quicker and probably a little bit smaller frame than the other two. And so you've got three different paces, and you always talk about a change of pace back. Usually you're talking about a second guy. But you've got three guys that all – Run differently, probably have different plays in the playbook for them because Valdez is just a freshman. The other two have been around a while, but I think I mean we'll get into Iowa State later this week. It's going to be cold. I hope you keep running it. Their defense is stout. I like having three different guys that can give them a different look that you can hand the ball off to. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. I thought it was really boom or bust. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were stretches of the game where you played really well. You took two turnovers. But there was also a lot of big plays and kind of bad tackling at times. I guess the big storyline on the defensive side of the ball is, unfortunately, the injury to Tyree Wilson about halfway through the third quarter. He came back to the sideline on crutches and a boot. I don't want to speculate too much. I would guess he's that was the last we saw of him in a in a Red Raider uniform, which sucks to say because yeah. of how great of a player he was. But if he's got his eye on the NFL draft, and by all accounts he does, he's projected to be a first-round pick. There's no need for him to come back this season.
0: Yeah, if I'm in Tyree Wilson's corner, even if I'm Joey McGuire, I'm saying, hey, man, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for being a great Red Raider. Go make us proud in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, Joey McGuire talked about it in his postgame, and it, when he started talking, it was like, oh, yeah, we just put him in a boot precautionary um, and then he kind of fleshed it out later when he was kind of talking about it again. And he said, well, once I figured out he couldn't play today, I kind of just put it on the back burner and we'll look at it again tomorrow because there's no reason to go over and over again on the, <laughs> on the, I felt bad. On the aspect of, of if he can play or not. And, and it just wasn't the right moment. He was busy during the game. So I don't think you can take too much from Joey's comments post game, because I don't think he knew. Um, but again, I, I just they were gonna they were gonna X-ray it again today, an MRI. He said it was foot ankle. So if he broke his foot, I mean obviously obviously he's out. If it's a stress fracture or whatever, you're not gonna sit out two weeks and then play in a bowl game in mid-December, I I don't think.
2: No, because we were even talking about that, that if we made a bowl game, should he play in it? And, like, if he was fully healthy, and my stance was, no, he should not. Ryan, what do you think about the loss of Tyree Wilson and maybe what that means personnel-wise and for the Texas Tech defense going forward as they still are trying to punch a ticket to the postseason?
3: Yeah, I mean... I obviously don't know anything about the injury, but I would be surprised if we we see Tyree Wilson again And so this is pretty much a a do-or-die spot for the Texas Tech defensive line at this point You've got two really tough games left on the schedule and Tyree Wilson in many ways I mean it's obvious to anybody that's watched this football team this year. He's really been the engine for this offense I mean our defense, rather, if, if there is an explosive defensive play, if there's an interception, if there's a sack, a stop behind the line, Tyree Wilson is usually somewhere in that mix. And so I think now what you're looking for is either another guy to just step up and play their best football of the year for a couple of weeks or you're going to just have to use your numbers and strength, strengthen those. And I think that's probably the the avenue that Texas Tech will take because I think they're deep on that line. I just think you're gonna have to have a guy in there that that steps up, and and there have been a couple over the last couple of weeks. You know, Josiah Pierre is, is the guy that I think really has the ability to flip that switch for Texas Tech down the stretch, but we'll see. A lot of veterans on that defensive line as well.
0: Hey, I think you're also starting a freshman next week. I'm I'm fairly certain. I
3: was
2: gonna say I think Joseph Adetoray even as a true freshman has flashed in spurts, and that's very different than being relied on to go out there for. 75 snaps yeah. in a game. but
0: You might have Miles Cole maybe play some more. He's played a lot yeah. inside, but you might have have him slide out a little bit more. Because they, they've been using him on third down with Tyree, kind of mm-hmm. opposite, like a Chris Jones almost. Yeah. If Were you surprised when you looked at the box score, or at least just during the course of the game, that Kansas only scored seven in the second half? Because it felt like they had... And just how the second quarter went, it just felt like they were scoring more. And the doink, I guess, was a lot of it in the second half because they right. had a a 56-yard drive, 14-play, 56-yard drive. That it took up
2: half the third quarter.
0: That, yeah, seven minutes. Uh, and then they had a five-play, three-minute drive that was a punt, a three-play, minute-and-a-half drive that was a punt, uh, and then their big touchdown drive, uh, and then the fumble, which was huge. And, again, Josiah Pierre, w- what a November he's had. And I, I remember at the TCU game, I looked at you, and I said, where the heck is Josiah Pierre? We haven't seen him at all. Mm-hmm. And then the very next play, he got a, si- a sack.
2: Yeah, I like, remember As that.
0: I was finishing the sentence, he got a sack. I was sack. like,
2: there he is right there. <laughs> <around." Yeah.
0: laughs> and he's been great since. He, he, he yeah. had a really good week last week, and he had a good week this week, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, um, to answer your question, I did have this kind of sense of dread when it was – when you were up by 12 and you tried to go for two to make it a 14-point game. Yeah. And then it was working out where it was 33 to 28, you were up by five. And I guess you got a field goal, which, by the way, Trey Wolf was nails three for three, including yes, that 51-yarder right before half. That was huge.
0: And that was a huge icing because he missed the first one.
2: That's why you kick it anyway to yeah. warm up. Uh, But when so when we went up by eight, I was like, "Here we go." Yeah, Kansas is going to score. They're going to convert the two, and Joey's going to have to answer for why we went for two that early, why we were chasing points. And so I did have this. It felt closer, and it was a one possession game when it was five and eight points. But yeah, then to win, what what was the final forty three to twenty eight? And you never trailed. And so looking back on that perspective, you are like, okay, yeah, we kind of led wire to wire. And maybe it wasn't ever really in the balance like that, but it, it felt like it sitting in the stands.
0: It did, and there were some touch-and-go moments. Even, even though you, you never trailed and you never were even tied, um, it, it just felt like Kansas had the momentum, or, or at least you never really had it either. Maybe nobody had the momentum there in the third quarter. I don't know, it was just an odd game, though. Huge field goal. Like you said, and I I thought Austin McNamara had a great game too.
2: He did. You know why I think Kansas didn't play that well?
0: Because they didn't stay at a state
2: trade house. Yeah, good answer. I don't I don't know where their team hotel was, but I assume you know a standard one here in Lubbock.
0: Yeah, I actually heard they rented out a whole hotel, and then they actually needed more rooms, so they had some of their um, staff staying at a different hotel. I overheard a conversation before the game. They should have Stay Trigged.
2: Well, with that many people on the trip, had they used the promo code Gauchos to get 10% off their first booking at StayTrig.com, they would have saved a considerable amount of money. Stay Trig is cool. It's a local option for a short-term rental. All their houses are furnished and decorated up to the same upscale standard. So unlike an Airbnb where you're not exactly sure what you're going to get, you know for sure with a Stay Trig you're going to get a nice facility uh, holidays right around the corner if you're coming to lubbock for that graduation right around the corner basketball season is underway football season we still got one game left if you're making the trip to lubbock there's no place better to stay than stay trig and again our listeners can get 10 percent off their first booking at staytrig.com using the promo code gauchos it
0: just feels like home kyle
2: it just feels like home okay do we want to talk a little round ball as well and then maybe look at some opening lines in the mailbag?
0: Yeah, we've got uh, Talvin Hester coming to town tomorrow. I don't know anything about Louisiana Tech except uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. is not there anymore.
2: Kenny Lofton like Cleveland Indians, Kenny Lofton?
0: I don't know. I, is that Was that true, uh, Mainville? That Kenny Lofton Jr. was the son of Kenny Lofton Sr.?
3: I have no idea. It it's tracks. It's a trivia question, though.
0: It tracks, huh. but...
2: I'm excited to play. I mean, I don't think LaTeX is a powerhouse or anything, but to play somebody from one of the yeah. higher-level mid-major conferences like Conference USA. Um, we are going to do a Gauchos After Dark Monday night. I'm not sure when this will be hitting people's <laughs> headphones, but we skipped it Saturday night, so Monday night we'll recap football across the Big 12 and also do our instant reaction to the Texas Tech-Louisiana Tech basketball game. But Ryan, through the first two games of the season, what are your initial takeaways? And I also want to point out, Texas Southern your second opponent beat Arizona State earlier today and so that win maybe looks a little bit different than it did at the time but through the first 80 minutes of the season what are your initial reactions to the Texas Tech basketball team
3: yeah I think the offense looks looks better you know they've made 12 threes on on 35 attempts this season that's not you know earth-shattering but it's a it's a step forward and it's an improvement and I think The film really aligns with that. I thought they looked a lot better against Texas Southern with the turnovers. The percentages really showed that they turned their turnover rate from the first game essentially down 50%. So a good turnaround there, and they've just been really good defensively. Defended the three really well against Texas Southern. Their field goal numbers are are really high. They're forcing a lot of turnovers. I mean, there's a lot of new faces on this team, but the Texas Tech defensive identity is still there. I think you're just still trying to figure out exactly what your offense is going to look like.
2: Do you have any concerns about Pop Isaacs through two games and the volume of turnovers that we've seen him commit to this point?
3: I think that's a yes and no question um, because I think that expectations around true freshman point guards in the Big 12 are usually and almost always uh, unrealistic ones. I I legitimately think it would be a huge win for Pop Isaacs and Texas Tech for him to average less than three turnovers a game this year. And and I think he could be good enough to hit a number like that and and still be a high-end rotation or even perennial starter on this team. I just think that You know, he's got stuff that nobody else on this roster has, and so he's going to find minutes because of his ability to create the ball. You're going to live through some growing pains with him, but, I I mean, it just is what it is. He's got to cut down, obviously. Nine over two games is not good, but I I think he's going to be sitting around that that three or four mark pretty much throughout the entire season. And so, you know, it's not a great number, but I think with his talent, it's going to almost – always end up being a net positive for you.
0: Who's been the most impressive freshman? Because I I've, I feel like I've seen flashes from all of them. I mean, Elijah Fisher, some finishing at the rim stuff. Uh, Pop Isaacs, even with the turnover, some slick passing and a deep three. Um, Robert Jennings is a grown man, is a true freshman. And then Lamar Washington, um, he might... <sighs> Uh, Cause he's had some some fast hand stuff too, where his mind's not quite as, or his mind's too fast for his hands or whatever it is. But he he almost looks like the best ball handler out of the the bunch early to me.
3: Yeah, and I think that's got that's got a chance to track throughout at the end of the season. I mean, I think he's a really comfortable player with the way that he has just lived handling the ball his entire life playing basketball. And so I think this is a guy that's gonna, you know, emerge maybe towards the end of the season. But I think through two games, I've been impressed with Elijah Fisher, which feels like a kind of a cop out answer because, you know, he's one of the highest rated recruits in school history. But I've been really impressed with the way that he's been able to, you know, come off the bench and adapt to a very off ball role. And I think he's been good. He's shown flashes of being able to do a little bit of everything knock down a three ball, which which is a big step for him. And so I think there's been some really promising flashes from Elijah Fisher over two games.
2: Yeah, the first game, it was the shot that he swatted off the backboard. And then the second game, yeah. when he made that three-pointer, which granted, it's it's one shot, but I was like, okay, he can shoot the three. I didn't know that. And if he can do either of those two things at any semblance of a level of high volume, I mean, the athleticism is insane. His frame is there. If a guy like that can block shots like that and shoot three, it's going to be wild.
0: Well, and if he can get his dunking going, and I know dunking is two points and a layup is two points and it's all the same, but it's not, especially at home, because that can change a crowd. And stop me if I'm going too far here, but Elijah Fisher is maybe Zaire Smith with a little bit of a jump shot.
2: Maybe. I would say Zaire Smith better athleticism, Elijah Fisher probably better jump shot at this juncture. Yeah,
0: well, I mean Elijah Fisher grew up playing guard, and they stuck Zaire Smith at center, and so <laughs> yeah. he came in like with zero guard skills, and he had to learn them all.
2: When Elijah Fisher gets a three sixty alley oop, then all
0: yeah, yeah. We'll, all we'll, award I mean, we'll wait. Yeah, I would like to see more alley oops this year. I th- I feel like that was such a big part of the team for a couple of years with Tariq and. Zach Smith, yeah. and it just hasn't been that much of a... I thought Jamias Ramsey was going to be a, an absolute show because he was in high school.
2: He would have had they, to alley-oop it to himself.
0: Yeah, it, it, they just didn't uh, ever get that going.
2: Ryan, is, is Kerwin Walton the sixth man?
3: Yeah, I, I think he's he's established himself as a, as a veteran player. That, that's going to be a key piece in the rotation for this team. I mean... Looking at his performance against Texas Southern, just did a little bit of everything, made shots, got to the free throw line, passed the ball well, rebounded. I, I'm really surprised with what I've seen from him this season. It kind of sounded throughout the offseason like he was a guy that was trying to find his footing a bit and just exactly figure out, you know, what his role is in this team. But he he just looks so comfortable over these first two games that I'm I'm really surprised at, at the improvement, at least from what I heard. Or, or maybe they were just wrong, because this is very clearly a veteran college basketball player who is going to end up playing a really key role for this team. It may not be, you know, putting up 20 points, but he's going to have some possessions where he contributes to winning these games.
0: He, he surprised me defensively. I mean, he, he seems like he really yeah. has some... Some
3: some wherewithal. Yeah, and, and that was not really a huge part of his game at, at UNC. It, it's really something that seems to be a byproduct of playing in the system, and he's kind of found a defensive scheme that he seems to like. But I think with his length, he, he's got an ability to be a really good three D defender. And so the offense has looked sharp over the first two games, and the defense has been better than advertised. So he's a hit right now, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I was actually during the transfer portal carousel this offseason, I thought he might be one of the more fringe guys in terms of minutes. Just based on nothing but looking at everybody's transfer profile, I thought, okay, a really good shooter, something happened at North Carolina where he wasn't getting minutes this season. He might be the third, fourth, fifth guy off the bench. But at this point, it seems like one or the other between Pop and Harmon will be on the court to run the point. And it looks like Walton is kind of the backup to both Pop and Tyson. Like, he's the first wing off the bench. And then K.J. Allen's been taking minutes as the first post player off the bench, whether he's coming in for O'Banner or Bacho, And I think he's played really well in those spots. And hopefully that's all you need from him is about 16 minutes a game. Because even going back to last season, I thought K.J. Allen has been really good in that role. But to me, it looks like K.J. Allen is definitely the first off the bench in the post for either one of them, and Kerwin Walton seems to be the first off the bench for either of the wing spots while Pop and Harmon kind of rotate running the point. Opening lines? Let's do it. Okay, um, Let me pull these up real quick. Do we want to go circa, or do we want to do what's on action?
0: Let's do action, because I'd be like Whoa, just had a stroke again. <laughs> I feel like, is what I was trying to say, I feel like they sharpen up pretty quickly uh, in this. See, now your action app's acting up. Here, I got it. I got nothing. As of mine, mine was doing that last time. Well, it's just the action. Oh, no, here we go.
2: Okay. I was like, well, maybe you just have to do Circa. All
0: right, we got uh, TCU Baylor. This line opened at two and a half. It's already at three. Baylor at home plus three, number four TCU.
2: Yeah, TCU just can't get any respect from the analytics models. Yeah, like this is a coin flip game on FPI, and so I we were texting earlier today. I was like, yeah, it's gonna open at like two, and I mean they were seven point dogs versus Texas. They just that's crazy. Haven't gotten a ton of respect there, so maybe they'll just keep winning and proving it wrong. But I also, the data analytical side of my brain is like. They're gonna this is gonna catch up with them at some point. Like if they're not that much better of a team than Baylor per the analytics, then eventually they're gonna lose one of these types of games to a Kansas State or a Texas or a Baylor. But they haven't yet, so maybe they're just gonna keep going.
0: I mean, surely Baylor can bounce back, but that was a pitiful showing against Kansas State yeah. last weekend. Yeah. Ryan, why does TCU not get respect? Can't get no respect. It's Ryan Dangerfield.
3: It's, uh, I think it's the hypno-toad. (laughs) It's gotta be. It's just channeling its powers to make everyone, uh, believe in TCU as an underdog. Uh,
0: There's a lot to be said about being able to buy underdog storylines at 10 and 0. Uh,
2: Yeah, I don't buy it anymore.
0: But you can in the locker room. That's what I'm saying.
2: I don't get it. It's like Baker Mayfield doing that. Yeah. Like, you won a Heisman. You were the number oh, yeah. one pick in the draft. Shut up about this chip on your shoulder. I
0: mean, that's how Michael Jordan did his whole career. He's like, he, he's won five championships, and it's like, oh, they say I'm too old. Well, Michael, you retired for a year and a half <laughs> on your gambling suspension.
2: Yeah, he was a gambling gaucho for sure. What else we got?
0: Wasn't a flu game either. Kansas State in Morgantown, minus seven and a half. Already up a half point from uh, the opening line.
2: I'll take the ears with the hook. I'm not locking that. Well, I am locking that in.
0: It's Morgantown, baby. Before it
2: drops, and that now they've got some belief. They've got a new quarterback, and they're like, "Hey, if we win two, we'll go to a bowl game."
0: Who has more rushing yards, Green or Martinez? Well, by the way, play Will Howard
2: without knowing. Yeah, it, Neil Brown was non-committal on who their quarterback was going to be, and I don't know on K State either. That's a tough prop bet. Any
0: thoughts on seven and a half there in Morgantown, Manville?
3: Mountaineers to cover it spreads.
0: Yeah. I, I'll probably, I mean, I'm probably on the other side of that one.
2: Cause you just, you can't pick a Neil Brown team. Well,
0: I mean, it's like TCU covered late Kansas covered with a, with a crazy play in overtime. It's just like, I, I don't know. Uh, Texas and Lawrence, both six and four, nine and a half.
2: It's too many, right?
0: I'm hammering Kansas.
2: <laughs> Who wants to be there more in that game? Kansas. That, and look, Quinn Ewers is completing 55% of his passes. He's dog crap. Kansas' offense is good. They've been good every game besides Iowa State.
0: I think Jalen Daniels is close, too. He warmed up and I was in uniform in Lubbock.
2: I think that's too many points.
0: It, it let me ask it to you this way here uh Mainville. Would you would you bet on Sark returning if he loses to Kansas again this year?
3: I would say no, although that makes me feel a little hesitant just because of the complications with Arch. But, I mean, Arch is not there for Sark, So, uh, I don't know. That, that's an interesting one, but I'll, I'll go with no.
2: What would his Big 12 record be?
3: He's underwater, right?
2: Is that enough through two years?
0: Well, I, I think it depends on if the Manning family wants Sarkisian as the coach or if they want uh, are they, to be here.
2: Are they really going to do that over one player? They can get a five-star quarterback in any recruiting class. I.
0: But is it Peyton Manning's next? Arch
2: Manning hasn't played against anybody who's hey, better at football than I am.
0: I'm not arguing.
2: I, just, I mean, I, if that's the route they want to go, then fine. But I feel like somebody should be the adult there and say, even if we lose Arch, we need a better head coach.
0: I mean, that's just like the only thing I've seen, right? I mean, that's just the only storyline I've heard to why they would keep him.
2: You can't be at Texas... Inherit what he inherited and then go 8 and 10 in the Big 12, they, including two losses to Kansas, and keep your job.
0: Yeah. They legitimately have the best wide receiver. They legitimately have the best running back. And they improved their offensive line considerably.
2: Their backup um, running back is better than most power yeah. five starters. Roshan. And their quarterback is just like Arch Manning, allegedly some high end yeah. NFL talent type. Yeah. And. They're not winning with him.
0: Let's go to Bedlam. This game opened at five and a half. It's already to six and a half. Uh, Oklahoma State Dogs. Gunner Gundy getting benched in favor of Spencer Sa- and injured Spencer Sanders.
1: That
0: yeah. was an odd kind of game, but that I'm, team is better with Spencer Sanders yeah. I- behind center.
2: I'm waiting on this one. Yeah, see I how not. it moves. I'll yeah. see what Spencer Sanders' status is.
0: Bedlam thoughts, Mainville?
3: Yeah, I would not touch this with actual money, but I would probably go OK State to cover right now, even though they have just looked terrible. Does it
0: matter that it's in Norman?
3: I don't know. I haven't really noticed uh, their crowd much this season. I I wonder if it's dwindled as they've kind of frozen. They gave up after Kansas State.
2: They had a good crowd there after that. I don't think they have any more juice than anybody else in the big 12.
0: Well, and if Texas Tech if Texas Tech beats Iowa State, which we're getting to that game, you might have a pretty good crowd against Oklahoma, but holiday weekend, you know bowl eligible, but what does it really matter if you go seven and five? I don't know what time it's going to be. Have we seen – is Iowa State a blackout, by the way?
2: I have not seen. Yeah, we need to We need, We need. need look at that. Have they already done a blackout this year? They did.
0: Did they already do it? Yeah. Against Iowa?
2: I don't remember who it was against. Well, no, sometimes they do multiple. They were on the road versus Iowa. That's true. That, no, they're surely they're not going to do that. Late. No, you need engaged fans to do that, and their fans have like given up on this season. I think they'll show up because they're loyal. Yeah. But all the Cyclones fans that we follow and interact with on Twitter are like, They're out on this season.
0: Is this the master plan for Matt Campbell to tank this year so he doesn't have to go to Nebraska? (laughs) Is that why they suck?
2: No, I think he just... Are they not
0: close enough as a team?
2: They're not together.
0: Texas Tech, three and a half point dogs in Ames.
2: Can I tell you my only gripe with Iowa State fans? What? Lovely people, just like Kansas State fans. They're all right. I love them. They want to hang a banner... For beating a five and seven Patrick Mahomes team in twenty sixteen, like oh, they, they sixty six to ten, they still talk about that game. I'm like, what do you want? A parade?
0: Jo- Joe Lanning, man.
2: Yeah, like yeah, y'all kicked our ass, but so it's what? Game. We were five and seven that year.
0: Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. You scored sixty six on the worst defense in the history of Texas Tech. I know people
2: overuse that, like, oh, we were your Super Bowl. They talk about that game. What are we six years later? They like, were 3-9. and nine. Like it means anything.
0: They were 3-9 and nine that year, and you were 5-7, and seven, and they beat you by 50, and they still talk about it.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't good. Like, I'm not saying that it wasn't a bad loss, but it was a completely meaningless game six yeah. years later. But they talk about it. They will tell you about it. That's my only gripe with Iowa State fans. If you all are listening, I love you besides that. I
0: think love is a strong word.
2: Rob doesn't love you, but I do. What else we got? Do we want to do the mailbag?
0: The diversified lenders, Melbay?
2: Yes. Would
0: you Would you bet uh, that today, or would you hold on, Mainville to Wednesday?
3: I'd hold on. This game's a mess. I have no idea what to make of it. I think I think Texas Tech has enough to beat them, but the weather. You're on the road. I, I have no idea what to make of it. Does this game close closer to
0: Texas Tech or further away?
3: I guess closer. I, I think the weather might. Might shrink the line a bit.
2: Yeah. I was thinking about this before the opening lines got posted. I was thinking about what number I would need at the total to take the over.
0: Forty seven and a half currently.
2: I had thirty eight and a half in my head. I was like, okay, if it's a twenty if it's a twenty one seventeen type game, that's thirty eight points. I'd probably lean over on that, but I was like thirty eight and a half would make me really think. And when they open nine points higher than that, I would like to lock in the under. And then I'll see on the spread later in the week. But let's get to the diversified lender's mailbag and bring this puppy home. You got it over there? Oh, okay. I thought you were. I guess you're just screwing around on your phone while I
0: No, I was looking up this what's what's our record at wearing red helmets question.
2: Oh. I don't know, but
0: it's on the release.
2: Just wear a black helmet.
0: Always. I the the red helmet is not bad because it's a red helmet. It's bad because it's that red helmet, which is like chrome, metallic red.
2: It looks bad. And it didn't go with the rest of the...
0: It doesn't go with the rest?
2: You can't go red, black, black. That's not a good...
0: It looks like a high school or group of five team. You just don't look good.
2: Okay, Discord mailbag. Feel free to hop in here. We'll just kind of lightning round it. Okay. Is Texas back? Back to...
0: Being underwhelming, yes.
2: Back to fighting for, you know, seven and five season or something. What are they now? Are they six and six four? Six and
0: four. Yeah. They're both Kansas
2: and Texas oh, are both. Six so we're going bowling. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's improvement for sark year it one is. to year two. It is. Ryan, is Texas back?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. They never left.
2: They need to get Tessator on the call in Lawrence just to make sure that that game is yeah. absolutely bonkers. Why did Thompson only have seven rushing attempts, Ryan? I'll let you start this time.
3: I think a lot of it probably has to do with Valdez. I think the quarterback run was also working, as we've mentioned in this in this pod earlier. But I mean, you had four players over 50 yards for the first time in 22 years. Uh, I I think he had a good game, even with limited touches. You you didn't really need any more than that from him. Can Can
2: you repeat that? We have we had four guys over what for the first time since when?
3: Four guys in the same game with over 50 yards. It's the first time that's happened since at least 2000 when sports started logging that stat.
2: First time since 2000?
0: When it probably didn't yep. happen. In, did it happen in 2000?
3: Nope. That's so, just as far back as I can go.
0: I mean, it probably, it probably happened maybe in like the late 90s, but you uh, could say it's the first time ever. pretty comfortably, yeah.
2: Unless Don Williams listens and wants to do a fact check. Yeah. But, yeah, I would bet the closest you got was probably Zebby one time ran for 50, and if you had three backs who ran for 50 with him. That's crazy, though. Mainville dropped that 41 carries bomb on us last week, and now we have that. That means you ran the damn ball. Four guys had 50 yards or more. But I'm with you. I think it was, you know, when when you have a third running back enter the equation – Somebody else has to lose carries, and if you add if you add up Valdez and Thompson's carries at sixteen, and Brooks had sixteen, and your quarterback had twelve, your yeah. starting quarterback had twelve, then Donovan had one.
0: I I think thirty is a good. You said forty. I think last week with running back carries, I think thirty is a good number for running back carries. Uh, I would like Shuck to have less, but it is what it is, and if it, if it's working, it's working. I'm not going to complain too much again. Like I said in the open.
2: If you've got three guys now, though, you could go 15, 15, and 10 and get to 40. I, I, but
0: yeah, I, I would
2: prefer that, yes. It depends on game flow and everything. Um, let's see here. I know Shuck had a great game, but this is still Morton's team moving forward. This is a statement and a question. That was actually two statements. But uh, I guess thoughts on the quarterback situation going forward.
0: I think going forward is like bowl game. Um, cause I don't want to rush Morton back to play in 15 degree weather in Ames, Iowa.
2: No, no, no. But
0: no. I think Baron Morton is the starter day one next year.
2: What yes. do you What do you do with Shuck?
0: Pat him on the ass and say thanks for getting us home. <laughs> I don't know. What do you? Want
2: me- He's not going to sign up to be a backup here. He's still going to okay. want to put more tape and go to the NFL. All right. So you're rolling with Jake Strong, true freshman, as your backup. Sure. Okay. I'm not
0: going to promise Tyler Shuck okay. to start. What are you going to do with Baron? No, no, I'm not Would saying. I'm
2: not. I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking you if that's the route you take, and It's clear that it is.
0: Oh yeah, Baron Morton is my starter day one next year.
2: Ryan, if if Shuck finishes out the season, even the bowl game, and let's say he and Morton both want to be here in the spring, but uh, both obviously want to be the starter, what
3: do you think happens? I think in that case, the staff probably favors Morton, which is pretty incredible just because of how much experience shuck has at this level but i think that morton's proven to be just an explosive and rare quarterback you can't you can't let a guy like that who's loved this school for a long time get processed it just can't happen he's he's going to be the guy next year i agree
2: with y'all and this next question maybe goes to some of what we've already talked about if shuck balls out the rest of the way does he try and go pro or hit the portal what happens if he decides to come back I've said this all along. He does not have enough tape to go pro, and people have been talking about that since he transferred in here before last season. He had, what, six starts at Oregon, and he's had? People have
0: gone pro with less tape.
2: Three or four full games here.
0: Hell, Mitch Trubisky had 11 starts.
2: Full season as a starter. Yeah, Shuck hasn't done that.
0: Well, I put it all together. It's a full season.
2: And even, even then, like if the volume of the tape is theoretically enough, are any Pro Scouts going to watch SFA last year and go you, pick him in the fourth round?
0: You know what I hope? What? I hope Tyler Shook torches Iowa State and Oklahoma, and he goes pro. And we all live a happy life and have a Merry Christmas.
2: I hope so, too. I'm living in the real world, and if he wants to come back and Morton wants to come back, there has to be an understanding one oh, of we'll you is not going to be both. the starting quarterback. Oh, we'll play, both we'll play all three quarterbacks. One of you can play tight end. Um, did Kitley play calling running the damn ball enough last night? Uh, that doesn't quite make grammatical sense. Uh, did Kitley's – maybe I'll make it possessive. Did Kitley's play calling run the damn ball enough last night? That's closer. Ryan, what say you? Did we run the damn ball enough last night?
3: It was over 41 times, so yes. Ding, ding, ding. Is that your thought as well, Rob?
0: Look as a senior offensive opinionist i I am mostly pro with how the offense looked. I thought there was two drives that I didn't like. Um, I liked the rest of them and you you finally got to see a a game plan tailored specifically to a defense and your starting quarterback. And I, and, and your quarterback stay healthy the entire game.
2: I'm not going to complain about any 15-point win over a 6-3 and three team in no. the month of November. Yeah. That'd be another – Ryan, I don't want to give you homework, but since you're finding all these facts and tidbits, if you could find me the last time we beat a 6-3 and three team or better in November, I would be curious. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. So I'm of the opinion that you ran the ball enough. There was one time, and it's probably not – what either of you can guess, one time I felt like I was being trolled when we threw the ball first and goal at the one, and we throw it to Tharp on that, like, inside.
0: That was a run. He and, caught it behind-line scrimmage. And the ball. He threw, he, that was a run.
2: I was being trolled there. Kitley, there Kitley listened to the podcast times. and was like, look, we can't run the ball in for all three of our first three touchdowns. We have to throw one in.
0: There were several times where I was like, that, that was a middle finger to Kyle Jacobson. <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, with players like Adairay, Wilson, Bradford, and DTD, did Matt Wells fulfill his promise to focus on the defensive side of the ball? That's Deidre Taylor Demerson.
0: All right. Taylor Demerson was a Wells recruit. Bradford was in the 18 class?
2: Well, uh, He was Kingsbury. Uh,
0: If not, he was in Wells' first class, and he was already recruited and committed by the time Wells got here. Uh, Yes. Uh, At a Dyer... A Ray. A Data Ray. A Data Ray was recruited after Wells got fired. Right. So, look, there is talent on this roster on the defensive side of the ball. But I, like, to that question, no. Like, no. There was Tony Bradford and and Jalen Hutchings were already being recruited. Uh, now, Hutchings, Wells, Hutchings, Wells kept for, him.
2: Hutchings for sure was a cliff recruit. I remember that cycle.
0: Wells kept him, uh, but Fry. Cliff. And, and then, and then look—you you look at the transfers he brought in. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. Dunlap, Rashad Williams, Schooler, Muddy Waters—all these guys that are on the roster today. Uh, Creshaw Merriweather, mm-hmm. Matt Wells put a focus on the defense, yes, but he did not do it right. You're not prepared to be good in two years on defense, because if if Matt Wells had stayed, because you would have had to keep going after transfers and have seven transfers on the defensive side of the ball every year.
2: You want to know how I remember in my mind how Joseph Adairay's name is pronounced?
0: A day to a day to day.
2: Every single Cliff injury was yeah, he's day to day. Yeah. So I was like, it rhymes with day to day. Datoray. When he's a not day-to-day. a guy,
0: he's not a guy you've seen. I, you you hear his name every game, but he's not a guy who's had a bunch of splash plays. But if you look at look at it through the context of him being a true freshman, and him being recruited late in the cycle, and him being kind of a hidden gem. I am very high on Zarno Fitch, and very high on having. 15 of that kind of recruit, even if you don't hit hit on, because you're going to get 25. But if you hit 15 out of 25 and they're that, let's go.
2: Ryan, this one's for you. If Tech ends up losing in Ames, parentheses, God forbid, do we worry at all about Joey not being able to win on the road?
3: One season worth of a sample probably isn't enough for me. I think college football is, is as much or not, if if not more about the players than it is the execution on the sidelines. And so one season isn't enough for me.
2: Same here.
0: You're five and 11 since 2009 in red helmets. Burn in that red helmet.
2: Black helmets only.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about this team winning on the road,
2: but not I'm not Joey. worried about
0: Joey winning on the road.
2: Ryan, you've already touched on this one a little bit. Do y'all think Pop is going to be a liability in Maui?
3: Again, I think it just depends on how you define liability. If liability is turning the ball over more than two or three times a game, then I think, yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be a liability every game. Um, But if you mean liability in the sense that he's going to consistently be detrimental to Texas Tech's success at a win, uh, I don't think so. I think that he actually moves the needle in the other direction.
2: Rob, this one's for you. Did you expect for the Picadors, the Parlay Picadors, which you can explain what that is while you're answering, to become this group that has really had a blast hanging out and getting to know each other?
0: Yeah, I am surprised. Um, I-, I feel like you and I, Kyle, have... You know, we hit it off really well, and we found each other as, you know, like-minded dudes, and we've brought Mainville in here to the fold as the third Gaucho. Um, looking forward to hanging out with Mainville in person very soon. Uh, but yeah, these these guys that, you know, we were kind of apprehensive, you and I, at, at even starting the, the Patreon and the Discord, and if you want to join us on this beautiful journey that we we're on, uh patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. You can listen to uh, old interviews with Matt Mooney and uh Sodiase, Dustin Womble, Sonny Cumby, Sonny Cumby, Cody Campbell. Um But the added layer is meeting all these people in person. I I have never been uh, a guy who's like been recognized in public. Um that happened several times when we were in Fort Worth. <laughs> Uh one guy was sitting in front of us big country Paul was yeah. sitting in, shout out was sitting in front of us for maybe a quarter and a half two quarters and then turned around and was like you guys the gauchos like, yeah yeah
2: so i my two favorite interactions that weekend was at the tailgate before the game these guys walk by they don't even come say hi or say anything about the yeah. gauchos they just point at us and they go let's ride yeah gauchos like, okay. country and then when we got back i went to um a sandwich store no free ads and i was walk as i was walking in this guy's sitting there with his girlfriend or something he goes what's up gaucho and gives me a fist bump i was like how do you know who i am
0: yeah i'm walking into the stadium
2: cuz i wasn't wearing merch or anything No. i was wearing my vikings stuff
0: i'm walking into the stadium and this guy has a papoose on a baby on his chest yeah he's like holding another one over here in his other arm and he's just like rob what's up man <laughs> you're like do i know you <laughs> i don't know any, i don't know any of these people but it, not just not to like say hey we're out here getting recognized and we're popular or whatever but it's just it's a really cool community that you know, you and I are belong to now. Yeah. And I would say if it's even growing past us building it and credit to the Discord and the people driving the Discord and the mods we have in there that that make it even better.
2: Sometimes uh, they make it shout better. Shout out to Mr. Root. Sometimes they make it worse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. It's 5 bucks a month. I think it's a good investment. And part of your proceeds go back to the Matador Club to support our student-athletes. Thoughts on Valdez? I think we covered that. Somebody needs to get the uh, PA announcer, a pronunciation guide. Val- Valdez? Valdez. Anyway. Exxon
0: Valdez. <laughs> if you sit in the press box, the guy that announces in the press box. Big shot.
2: He, he, he says Lolik. Lolik. How? Anyway. Everyone is wondering, but nobody is asking. Odds we win one more. I assume that means at least one more. Ryan, what do you think the odds are that ultimately Texas Tech punches its ticket to bowl eligibility?
3: They're higher than losing out and winning out. Uh, I'd go like 45%. 45% that you go one and one? Yeah, I, I feel like I'd probably take that.
2: What would you say for two and O and O and two, respectively?
3: Oh goodness, two and O probably five percent, and then O and two, I'd go thirty.
2: The math is not adding up for me, Ryan. If you go 5, 45, and thirty, we're at yeah. What is that? Eighty percent total.
0: Yeah, you go fifteen and thirty-five. Would that work? That get us there.
3: I'm not a ma- I'm not a math guy. Would you I'm just settle. a stats guy? Let's go fifty. If Texas percent, you Tech runs the ball, if Texas Tech runs the ball more than forty-one times <laughs> each of their two remaining games, they will finish two and zero. Oh. That's my thought. That's
2: good I, enough.
0: I I would say it's more likely you go two and zero oh than zero oh and two. Um, but slight differential there, and then I would say it is most likely you go one and one.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll say 50-50. That you go one, one and one, one yeah. and I'll say, I'll, I'll just A 30 20. I'll take the easy way. I'll say 25 and 25 for two and oh, and two.
0: I'd go 30 20.
2: So that would be 75% total that you at least get one more win. What's it going to take to get our first road win of the season? Do you need any bridge recon while I am in Ames? Yes, we need bridge recon.
0: You going to the game or?
2: I think so. Yeah, he's, yeah, this guy said he's going to the game.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah, we need a bridge pick.
2: Ryan just said what the key to winning the game is. Run the ball more than 41 times. Rob, what do you think is the key to win our first road game this season? Don't
0: go for it on fourth down at your own 34, up three with no momentum.
2: This might be the one game where you look to alter your strategy. Iowa State's offense is not good. Their defense is really good, so there's no need – to give their offense anything easy like punt it and make them go 70 yards are you saying punt the damn ball pt db in the right situation yeah like i don't think you should necessarily treat every opponent the same and that's where the human element does come into those analytics and fourth down decisions i don't want to give hunter deckers a 30 yard field or a 45 yard field like make them earn it because they have not done that all season Personal take, though, we've got to... Ru- uh, this isn't going to be a question, so I'm not even going to read it. Uh, <laughs> before I, like, read that
0: paragraph, <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah. that's it he for the Discord Chuck, mailbag. You Chuck dirty there.
2: Well, I mean, if you want to read Chuck's thoughts, and you need to join the Discord. Yeah. But, uh,
0: it's a mailbag, Chuck, not an answer bag.
2: <laughs> we'll answer the questions, Chuck. You ask, and we'll answer, all right? <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. I think that's it. Mainville, any final thoughts ahead of tip-off tomorrow?
3: have yeah, Talvin Hester back in town. Good dude. Great recruiter. Tech is uh, about a 10-point favorite in most analytical models. I think they're a bit higher on Vegas odds. So probably the closest game uh, you're you're going to see on, on Lubbock's home court, at least, you know, maybe Georgetown. But even maybe then, uh, I think this will be a pretty decent game and excited to see Talvin Hester back in town and, and watch the Red Raiders play before Maui.
2: I'm showing 14.5 on action with a total of uh, 135. Can I get a quick pick on either of those?
3: I'll take take Texas Tech to cover. Uh, I don't know about the points. I haven't really watched much of Law Tech this year, but Texas Tech defense, I'll go under.
2: I'm going to keep taking the under. The first two closed near 140, and as I do the math, which those were more competitive spreads. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking, like if the game goes roughly like it should with the spread, Texas Tech would have to score more points than we're accustomed to and give up more points than we're accustomed to for some of these totals hovering around 140 to cash. So the under is 2-0, and 0, which I've picked both games. 135, it's inching down some. But if it creeps back up to 136.5, 137, I'm inclined to just keep taking the under until it fails. 14.5, I want to say, I want to pick the Red Raiders again. I guess that would be three games in a row where I pick Texas Tech and the under combined through two games. That's three and one to this point. That's what my gut is telling me right now, Tech and the under.
0: Texas Tech and the over. But I'm down three units right now doing this.
2: Fade Rob. Or maybe Rob is due. Okay, that's all we've got. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thank you to the Parlay Picadors of Patreon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Follow us on social media at Gambling Gauchos.
0: I just have one final thought.
2: Okay, final thoughts.
0: Look ahead line, Minnesota minus two. Ooh. No, plus two, sorry. Minnesota plus two. It's in Minnesota. Easy money. What game? Well, well, hold on. What is that going to open up as uh, tomorrow? Or Tuesday, whenever they do the NFL? Because that's going to update after these two losses. I mean...
2: Serious take. Yeah. Does anybody in the NFL this season have a better win on their resume than at Buffalo?
0: I'm just asking what the line's going to be. I don't, we don't need to have a. Well, I'm.
2: I'm. I'm getting to my answer.
0: I, I mean, Josh Allen had half a UCL today. I don't.
2: Oh, he played just fine. I don't want to hear that crap.
0: <laughs> he didn't have enough zip on that last pass. Oh,
2: shut up. The Vikings are the best team in the NFL. Kirk Cousins, best quarterback in the NFC. Vikings. Mm.
0: I think it's gonna be minus three Minnesota.
2: I think that's right. I was gonna say like three and a half. Okay. If it's plus, if we get plus money, do you want to lock that in, now in or Minneapolis? Wednesday? Lock what in?
0: Uh, we're having a bet, dude. Right, Big but Cowboys at what fan? number? Three and a half.
2: No, I'm gonna see what the okay. actual spread is. We'll wait till Wednesday. Why would I do that? What are we What are we betting? We'll see. We'll We'll discuss it and okay. We'll We'll confirm that on Wednesday. Sweet. We're just wasting Ryan's time right now, though.
0: But well, he loves us. <laughs>
2: All right. Thanks everybody for Love listening. Y'all. Love y'all. Love
0: y'all. <laughs> Love
1: y'all. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.